is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey serve up another victory, coming back from a two-goal deficit to extend their lead at the top of League One. Towards Bishop, knocked it down and it's for the net! And it's a magnificent goal! Well worked from Portsmouth and Terry Devlin has his first Pompey goal. Reading 2, Portsmouth 3. Game, set and match. Terry Devlin completed the turnaround at Reading on Saturday as the Blues had the Royals rumbled at the Matstad. We'll bring you full reaction to that win at the weekend and hear what the match winner had to say after his first league goal for the club. To get the goal, it was just amazing and, and the fans were amazing whenever I went in. It was just, I didn't even know what to do for the celebration. It was just buzzing. As well as the Northern Ireland Youth International, we'll take a listen to what head coach John Bassinho had to say about his size performance. We made our lives extremely difficult with the way that we started the game. I thought it was as, as poor as we've been. It was just unrecognisable for half an hour and it, it took us sort of taking the proverbial kick in the face to get ourselves going. And yet again, it was a winning weekend, not just for the men's senior side, but the Portsmouth women too. They progressed to the next round of the National League Cup with victory over MK Dons. And boss Jay Sadler describes the hard work his team had to do on Sunday. It was always going to be a game of minimal chances. It's a small pitch. There weren't many spaces to penetrate into. And when you did get in and around the box, you had to create a moment to win the game. And we're thankful we did do that. We'll bring you up to speed with yesterday's cup win and hear from the club's new Her Game 2 ambassador. Vicky Lamb has been speaking about the reasons behind wanting to get more involved with the campaign. I have been fortunate enough and I have been lucky enough to have a positive experience. I know others that haven't and I just want to make it exclusive for all so they have the same experience for me. That's all to come here on 93.7 Express FM as we welcome you on this Monday evening for another busy episode of the show. This is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome along then to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download their app now from the Apple app or Google Play Store to view up-to-date timetable information and prepay for your journey too. On the way between now and seven, we'll go through the key events from Saturday's action involving Portsmouth men. Hear the post-match thoughts of both Terry Devlin and John Mussinio. Catch up with Jay Sadler and hear how the Pompey women got on away at MK Dons on Sunday and but also take a listen to what Vicky Lamb has had to say about her new role as the club's Her Game 2 ambassador, as was announced late last week. A reminder of how you can get in touch this evening as well. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm if you fancy getting involved on Twitter or join in with the conversation over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. But first, we rewind you back to Saturday afternoon when Pompey travelled to the select car leasing stadium with a four-point cushion at the top of League One. 
It was only their second outing in the new Salmon Pink third kit as Reading became the latest team to test the credentials of John Messina's side, which saw four changes from the midweek stalemate at Cambridge. Your commentary team for this one, Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. Pompey in their 100th anniversary kit, so that's kind of t shirts with red sleeves, white shorts, black socks. Devlin plays it into the middle to Bishop. Bishop takes a shot! And it's fingertipped over the bar by Button. Corner kick, Pompey. Cross comes in, it's a good cross. Chocolaty with a good header. Chance for Reading, and it's into the net. And Lewis Wing has scored his first goal for Reading. Portsmouth asleep at the back. the far post and there's a bit of pushing and shoving and a shot comes in and it's through! Reading have got a second! Charlie Savage with his left foot has drilled it back across goal into the far corner. Reading two points with nil. Right foot across into the box and there comes a great finish and a wonderful goal from Tino Anturin. On the volley, side puts it into the bottom corner and Port to the right so far, but that's a brilliant goal. It's Reading 2, Portsmouth 1. Trying to drive forward, and Smith's away, and he's away from Norris, and he's got an open goal to put the ball into, and he's put it over the bar, and Portsmouth with a ginormous let-off, and it remains 2-1, Reading should have scored a third. Morell looks forward towards Bishop, chests it down, here's a chance for Devlin, gets his shot all wrong, might fall for Lane, to Bishop, there's the goal! Poppy do equalise before half-time, Three in the train on the penalty spot, they break forward now to the near post, not great delivery, but Anjuro with the overhead kick, brilliant save, Devlin, good block corner. Bishop's calling for the far post towards Bishop, nods it down and in for the net, and it's a magnificent goal, well worked from Portsmouth, and Terry Devlin has his first Pompey goal, cross from Sparks, beautiful cushion header from Bishop, slammed it over the net by Devlin, there is nothing David Button could do about that one. Reading 2, Portsmouth 3. To Kamara. Kamara gets there. The whistle goes. And Pompey have found a way to get it done here at struggling Reading. They've made it hard for themselves. Finish. Reading 2, Portsmouth 3. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Never in doubt was it. Pompey's 3-2 victory over Reading on Saturday. Elsewhere in League One, Barnsley and Fleetwood played out a two-all draw at Oakwell. Blackpool defeated by four goals to two at home to Peterborough United. Bristol Rovers 2, Northampton Town 1, Burton Albion Leighton Orient playing their first ever competitive match against one another. It ended goalless. Cambridge United 1, Carlisle 0, Charlton 0, Bolton 2, Exeter City 1, Lincoln City 1, 
Oxford 2, Wickham Wanderers 2, Port Vale 1, Cheltenham Town 2, Stevenage 3, Derby County 1 and Wigan Athletic 2, Shrewsbury Town 0. Right, let's take a look at that Sky Bet League 1 table then. As you were at the start of play on Saturday afternoon, Pompey remained top of the tree. We knew that coming into this show, they still would be. They had a four-point cushion going into the game at the Select Car Leasing Stadium on Saturday. That gap has now been extended to six points at the top of League One. Oxford United could only draw at home to Wickham, whilst Bolton Wanderers move up to third, also on 29 points um, alongside Oxford. Both those sides have a game in hand. Oxford actually played their game in hand tomorrow night, and that's a game we're going to talk about a little bit later in tonight's show. Also in the playoffs at the moment, Peterborough United, Barnsley and Stevenage. Down at the bottom, uh, Reading, Saturday's opponents, of course, suffered their fifth straight league defeat. They are rooted to the foot of the table. Cheltenham Town have uh, been on a bit of a resurgence as of late. They are now 23rd with eight points on the board. Fleetwood and Carlisle joined those two sides in the drop zone at the moment. Right alongside me to go through all of Saturday's action. Delighted to say over the phone lines this evening, Mr Dean Adams. Dean, good evening, sir. Jay, good evening. How are you? I'm fantastic, Dean. It's hard not to be at the moment, isn't it? That feel-good factor <laughs> around the fan base is there. Were you expecting a win on Saturday, Dean, let alone in the circumstances it came about in? Yeah, I was. I've got a few Reading friends that have been to a lot of their games this season and it's not just their results and where they are in the table, but they've actually been saying their performances have been absolutely dire. So... I was expecting to go there. I was expecting, I sort of said, sort of a 2-0, 3-0 win. It's never that easy when you're a Pompey fan. But to go 2-0 down was a bit of a shock and a bit of a surprise. But all the way back, we did. What is that? What's that, 17 points from losing positions this season? And that's, that's an incredible stat. So at the moment, at this stage of the season, getting those three points on the board was, was rather pleasing. To actually correct you, but I'm, I'm glad to be doing so, Dean. It's actually 22 points rescued from going behind this season. Oh, really? Yeah. Even better then. Ten games Amazing. out of the 15 of the league played, six have resulted in victories, four Incredible. in draws. So those six wins, of course, three points for a win, 18 points, and then the four draws up to 22. Uh, so, yeah, fantastic. Um, Amazing. We've just got to stop putting ourselves in those silly positions, though. That's the main thing. No, why not? 10 out of 15 games. Keep doing it. <laughs> I enjoy going behind now. Go on, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Alongside myself and Dean tonight, um, from a 4 0 riddle over at YouTube channel, uh, Mr. Andrew Barney. Barnard. Andrew, good evening. Good evening, mate. Thanks for having me again. Uh, is there something else I can refer you to other than the guy from 4 0 riddle all over it? I'm sure you've got a lot more to offer than that. You are obviously my. New York City FC <laughs> friend as well. But. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of got uh, like multiple personalities on Twitter. Yeah. I'm Pompey underscore Barney, uh, one of Tom's 4-0 crew. But then I also run UK NYCFC, mm. which is just kind of a fan-based Twitter account to do with uh, the MLS team, New mm. York City. Love it. Um, Barney, as uh, Dean mentioned there, he was expecting a win at Reading on Saturday. And I think it's fair to say, given the, the position of both sides heading into the game in the league table, at the start of the match, Pompey, of course, in first, Reading were 23rd. They'd lost four games in a row in the league. It, you know, you, you wouldn't argue against that idea, but we all know it wouldn't be easy. Were you expecting it to be that difficult? No, that... There was so much drama going on for them as a as a club that it did make you wonder if it would be their chance that maybe the the, the players would sort of vibe off of the fans, sort of revolt against the ownership and such, and and perhaps snatch a one nil or something like that from us. Um, to go two nil up, I, I was shocked at that 
because they really did come at us. But you could see by by the time we weren't even 2-2, like at 2-1, they, they looked like they were out on their legs already. They'd kind of done a what I call an Okazaki, like he did for Leicester in the Prem. They, they ran themselves ragged for 30, 35 minutes, and then they were done. Yeah. Um, I thought we would win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we did make it hard for ourselves, didn't we? Absolutely. Um, four changes in total then for Pompey on Saturday, Dean. Uh, Zach Swanson, Conor Ogilvy, of course, injured Christian Sadie and Abu Canberra dropping out of the side with Joe Rafferty, Jack Sparks, Terry Devlin and Tino Anderin coming into the team. We're going to talk about um, the, the rest of those changes and go through the goals chronologically um, in a short while. But let's talk about Terry Devlin. He made his league debut for Pompey on Saturday afternoon. Obviously, that that was rewarded with his first league goal for the club as well. Dean stepping up to the plate. He didn't even make the squad at Cambridge on Tuesday night. He's only young and it was his first league start for the club. What did you make of his performance and the way that he stepped up to the plate there? Yeah, I I thought he was excellent. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, bright, lively, took his goal really well. And he's one of these players that he's coming to his his first sort of uh, season in league 1 his first season in english football and he's got to bide his time and i think he has bide his time and when he's had a chance and when he has come on he's looked bright he's looked good and i think he's one of those players that will be in and out the side and we've just got to bear with him let him bed in for a season and then the end of this season onwards, he's he's going to become a really, really good player for us. We saw when we took him on board, there was a lot of clubs after him. And, uh, yeah, I think he's one of those players that it'd be in and out of the side. We've got the squad's huge. The squad's really good. We've got a lot of competition for places in that number 10 role with Robertson, Brady, uh, White can play there. Uh, there's, there's so many players. We've got so many options at the moment that John Messino can keep it really fresh. And I think that... Is going to really take us through that Christmas period when it gets cold and wet and injuries start taking their bite. But yeah, I think he's he's a really good player and someone we can really we can, we can really call on now because he's coming in and showed what he can do. So yeah, onwards and upwards. Mm. And as Dean's mentioned there, Barney looking at Terry Devlin came on on Saturday after not being named in the uh, in the match day 18 at Cambridge on Tuesday night. 19 years of age, signed for Pompey this season from Glen Torren um, across the water there. Um, maybe not expected to have as, as much of an impact as potentially has already, you know, gave Pompey two points on Saturday with that goal, um, which, of course, could have been just for one at Reading. Um, what's your favourite part of Terry Devlin? Because he obviously offers a lot on the ball as well, but his energy and his enthusiasm is something I've seen a lot on social media since Saturday's game that a lot of Blues fans are really warming to. His his touch and his vision is actually fantastic. Some clips that wouldn't have made highlight reels mm. um, from the first half in particular stood out twice. He did the same little trick where the ball was played into him with his back to goal, kind of only in the middle of the attacking half, but and he sort of dinked it round himself to Paddy Lane um, and set Lane off down the wing. And, you know, fantastic bits of kind of number 10 play. I think when the lineup came out, most fans would have thought that Devlin and Robertson's positioning was round the wrong way that perhaps Robertson was playing in the 10 and and Devlin as a kind of listed defensive midfielder was going to play alongside Morel yeah. um, but no he he played his role fantastically and yeah that vision really is is quite something he he was involved in Colby's goal as well he was just behind Colby he had he had the first shot that deflected out to Paddy for him to then pass it into Colby so he was involved you could say 
yeah. in more than one goal. Yeah. Well, let's hear from Saturday's match winner now then. Terry Devlin spoke with Max Swatton shortly after the full-time whistle up in Reading, speaking about how it felt to make his first league start for Pompey, as well as grab his maiden league goal too. Yeah, I was absolutely buzzing, obviously. First start here at a really, really good stadium as well. And uh, to get the goal, it was just amazing. And, and the fans were, were amazing whenever I went in. It was just, I didn't even know what to do for the celebration. I was just buzzing. Just describe the goal to us. How did it play out in your eyes? It just whenever the ball went wide to Sparksy, um, just from training with them and, and we've done extras together, we, we've, we've worked on that sort of. And I just know how, how good of a crosser of the ball he is. And obviously, Watching Colby play and, and training with him, I know he, he's really, really good in the air and in the box. And it was just about being there in case he wanted me, me there for a knockdown or if he was going to go himself. But obviously he's knocked it down and I've been there and I've got there and, and I've scored and I was just buzzing. Let's go back to the start of today and probably earlier in the week. When did you find out you were starting? How did you find out and, and how did you feel when you found out? So on training on Thursday, the, the gaffer announced the team and whenever he called my name out, I was, I was a bit shocked, obviously, because... Um, Obviously, being left out on the out of the squad on Tuesday, it was just it was just buzzing whenever he said it, and and it just it just shows that to get promoted, you need your full squad, and, and you need to be ready for whenever you're called upon, and and just thankfully I, I've been ready, and, and I've just enjoyed it so much. What did he want from you coming into the game? He just he wanted me to to get, to make forward runs and, and get close to Colby, and obviously from. Seeing the goal, it's worked. I've made a forward run, got played close to Colby and uh, scored. And even for um, Colby's goal, he's chested it down to me and uh, it's, it's fell out the pad and pads crossed it. So, you know, just get close to Colby and uh, keep running forward and working hard. What did the gaffer say at half-time? Obviously, the poor start, you've brought it back. What did he say to, to rally everyone together? He just he just said that he sort of, he sort of didn't recognise the team that... In the first 30 minutes, obviously going 2 0 down, and, and he was right. It, it was just, it was just, um, it was just freak, and, and obviously the, we, we've flipped the switch, and, and getting two goals back before half times really helped. And we knew when we went down to two all that that they were there for the taking, and, and that we had to keep pushing, and, and that a goal would come eventually. And uh, obviously it came, and it's just, it's, it was amazing. You enjoyed your celebrations when you scored the goal. You enjoyed it at full time as well. Just describe what it was like after the final whistle. Yeah, obviously the fans deserved something like that. Obviously um, they're with us week in, week out, and, and even the the far journeys. This is this is a close enough one, but uh, they're still here and they're still here, and they, they came in their numbers. And obviously they got us over the line today, to be honest. And they were they were the twelfth man, and they were brilliant. And what's your message to them today after a result like today and, and their support today as well? Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of fans would probably have a go at their team going two 0 down, and and. To be honest, they didn't. They, they stayed with us. They kept kept singing and they kept kept us going. And obviously, it shows whenever we got two goals back and then eventually go grab a winner. So the, the fans deserved that today. Just finally, in reflection, how proud of a day is today for you? your first league start and your first league goal? Yeah, you know, obviously it's it's what I've been I've been working towards and uh, I've I've been working hard on sort of Wazesh doing extras and doing that finishing and. To score the goal on the first league start was just, just amazing. And then coming in and seeing a text message from my mum and that, how proud they are. It's just amazing. Terry Devlin speaking there following Saturday's 3-2 win for Pompey over Reading at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. His goal in the 58th minute completing a spectacular comeback for the Blues. Andrew Barnard, Dean Adams alongside us this evening. Uh, Barney, before we go to the break, just speaking about Pompey's 
incredible run of picking up results from losing positions. Dean highlighted it before that interview. 22 points Pompey have gained from going behind this season. And on the board in the league, uh, Pompey have got 35. So a, a massive chunk of that has had to be recovered. And it says a lot about the mentality of this side. As We, we keep parroting on about week and week out, Barney, but there's nothing new to talk about. <laughs> yeah, the, being, being, being a Pompey fan, you're kind of you're used to ups and downs, aren't you? You're used to having little runs of form on both a positive and negative side. But the longer we go on like this, the harder it's going to feel when we do lose a game. Um, but it, it, you just got you've got this inflated positivity at the moment, where you just think we're going to go invincible or something silly like that. You know, it's impossible, but. It, is it? You know. Uh, it, well, exactly. That's what I mean. I, I, I feel silly saying it either way. <laughs> never say never. How many records have we seen broken in football and in sport over the years? And you think, oh, how have they done that? You know, it might happen. You, you never know. Never say never. Nothing's impossible. But yeah, you're right. I think um, the longer this unbeaten run goes on, the uh, <laughs> the longer that time sort of extends between losing a match and losing the next one. The, the harder it will feel when that defeat eventually comes whether it's this season or next season or season after that <laughs> um, it's sure to happen and, and just a, a really niche incredible stat as well Pompey unbeaten in 90 minutes of football throughout the entirety of British summertime so between the clocks going forward back in March and going back again on Sunday morning Pompey have not lost a game of association football. The only defeat within that time frame came back in August, on my birthday, as it happens, um, <laughs> against Peterborough at Fratton Park in the Carabao Cup. And even that had to be done on penalties. So, wow. <laughs> Can we just keep it summer forever? I think we should all just do that. Right, after the break, we'll take a listen to what Blues boss John Messino had to say about Saturday's win during an interview in which he was asked by Andy Moon what he was thinking when Reading had made it 2-0. I was actually very positive about the fact I thought we could get back in the game. It didn't look like a game to me where we were two down because, um, and, and no no disrespect to Reading, that they Reading had been brilliant and there were these problems that we just couldn't solve. It, it didn't feel like that and that's why we, we, we kept with it. We didn't make any changes. It felt like we just hadn't woken up. More reaction from Saturday's win at Reading to come with myself, Dean and Barney in just a few moments' time. So do join us for part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the second part of tonight's edition of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Supported by Stagecoach across the south. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide to you throughout Hampshire and across the south coast. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Dean Adams and Andrew Barnard for tonight's edition of the show. Going over Saturday's 3-2 victory for the Blues away at Reading in League One. A message here from Linda on the emails. 
thank you, Linda, for getting in touch. She says the fighting and team spirit of his team is there for all to see. Would it have happened in previous seasons? I don't think so. The disruption the Reading fans caused only uh, a comeback to bite them when we equalised in the extra time due to their protest. My concern with the announcement the referee had put out about abandoning the game if the balls were continuing to be thrown on the pitch. This could have been a problem if the game had been abandoned, especially if they were losing. Also on this occasion, the expense of travelling fans, not just this game, but future league football games as well. The league must have a plan to stop supporters having a game abandoned to gain an advantage. Well done, Pompey, the team to overcome the disruption and to turn it around. With the other results and uh, precious points to open up a bigger gap, once again, Reading fans, a big thank you for the extra time in the first half to allow us to level the game. And Dean Adams alongside us tonight... Um, has to be said, we'll go through the goals chronologically next, but as Linda highlights within the email there, Pompey equalising right at the death in the first half. The ninth minute of eight added on, Colby Bishop tapping home um, to make it to a piece. Um, and that was as, as a result, quite clearly, from that protest from the Reading fans. Eight minutes of added time because of tennis balls free and, being thrown onto the pitch and Pompey took advantage of that. Yeah, sort of came back and bit him on the backside a little bit, didn't it? Uh, great time for us to score. I think when that second goal went in and it went to all and we went into half the half-time break, I think there was only one winner after that, to be totally honest. It's what we needed. Uh, yeah, the injury time did drag on it. It dragged on a little bit longer than what Reading were expecting as well. They weren't very happy about it, but you you got to play to the whistle. And we got a good chance and we took a chance and... Colby was our man again, and he's he's the man to get us up there. So, yeah, we, we took our chance at the right time. And as I said, there was only one winner after that, mm. after the break. Going through the match, sort of in timeline order, then um, Barney, the third minute, was the uh, first real action of the game. That was the first of three times uh, tennis balls were thrown onto the bit onto the pitch. Uh, in the ninth minute, the eleventh minute, uh, and the thirteenth minute as well, action at both ends of the pitch. Pompey first uh, with Terry Devlin. You mentioned before the break, um, his play on Saturday. He kept the ball in into the field of play. Teed up Bishop, uh, whose first time effort was well saved by David Button, and that really Barney was the story of that that really the game in, in whole really but the, the first half in particular David Button the man in between the sticks for, for Reading on Saturday had kept the hosts within the game on, on several occasions and probably man of the match yeah I mean as much as uh, Will Norris did make a, a save or two if I remember rightly in the second half uh, Button definitely made an, another four or five a couple of easier ones but nonetheless you know the the it's not going in chronological order now, sorry, but I remember the, the one that sticks out to me is is the overhead kick from from yes. Tino um, just before we before Devlin's goal. Um, you could on on another day that goes in. It was reminiscent of his goal against Gillingham in the um, Papa John's. So um, yeah, he was a busy he was a busy man. Are you surprised to see as much as we we sit here and we don't often do it, but we're praising an, an opposition player. David Button had a superb game on Saturday, and again jumping away from the chronological order of of going through these events in the 90th minute in, in injury time in the second half, had a chance to actually equalise uh, for Reading coming up from a corner. Um, but were you surprised to see him Barney in the um, League One team of the week, considering he's conceded three goals? <sighs> Yeah, I, d I don't know that you can concede three goals and be in the, yeah. the team of the week. Unless he's made like 20 saves hmm. or something like that, then 
fair enough, but he's not made 20 saves. So. It, 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 it'd be like maybe Colby Bishop getting in the team of the week, having missed 20 chances. <laughs> yeah. Yet somewhere else in the league, a striker's scored a hat-trick. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I felt bad for Devlin that he wasn't in the team of the week. Yeah. Um, Paddy Lane was in there with two assists, which, granted, yes, on paper he got two assists, but they, they were, on, on the grand scheme of things, they were fairly easy assists, especially the one for Colby. Um I think there's a there's a few performances in there from the Reading team. If you look at their their squad on paper, all the players that you'd expect to do well did do well. Yeah. Um, Charlie Savage looks like a real prospect. Um, looks like he's taken some of his father's sort of skill and grit from from the past. Robbie Savage had skill. Well, okay, Robbie right. Savage Maybe... skill. Yeah, come on, buddy. <laughs> all right, grit then. We'll, just go, with, we'll go with grit. He's turned some of the grit into skill. There we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harvey Nibs, I've got a soft spot for Cambridge. So seeing some of the ex-Cambridge boys at Reading, um, so I've always kept an eye on them because I think Cambridge fans will, will admit they miss them. Um, so I'm always expecting them to do things against us. Um, and Lewis Wing, I mean, he came down from the Championship to play for Reading. So that's always uh, one you expect to do well. Scored against Pompey, of course, last season for Wickham Wanderers at Fratton Park. Uh, going back through the timeline of events, then, uh, Dean, in the space of four minutes, in the 23rd minute and the 27th minute, respectively, the game went from 0-0 to 2-0 in the favour of Reading, going 1-0 up on the 23rd and the 2-0 up on the 27th. Lewis Wing, as, as Barley mentioned there, converting. Uh, Shockness's header uh, not followed up as he tried to clear the danger um, and potentially shouts of Will Norris coming out to claim it, but, but didn't shy away from that one and the second goal as well Charlie Savage again inspired he mentioned there doubling the lead for the host Pompey failing to clear their lines on Saturday Dean did you see uh, an uncharacteristically poor defensive showing from Pompey particularly in the first half uh, yeah you did I think not just from the defenders from the whole team the first half an hour as John Messino said as well it was, it was poor we looked disjointed we didn't look like the team that we've been at the start of this season and it looked, it looked totally different and we've got to be careful because Luckily, we were playing Reading. We were 2-0 down, and we know we can get back into it. If we were playing a Bolton or a Peterborough or someone else, we would struggle, and that would, that would have been ga almost game over for us. But we have got players that can turn these games around, and that showed on Saturday. But we have to stop making silly mistakes. Mm. And what what was it what you corrected me on earlier? 22 points 22. from losing positions? Yeah. We've got, we've got, I know we're six points clear, and we're, what, 12 points clear of seventh? We've got to stop throwing these stupid chances away to the opposition mm. and going 1-0 down or 2-0 down. We've, we always start games really slowly. Even at Fratton Park, we start really, really slowly. I don't know why that is, but that's something that's got to be addressed and turned around. Luckily, we are turning it around at the moment, but a good team will punish us, and that's what we've got to stop. How many good teams are there left in League One, Barney? We, we've been to Derby away, we've been to Barnsley, and, and, and Dean absolutely right raises a, a fantastic point about Pompey, Pompey's ability to come back from behind. It's great to see, but at some point it may catch them out. And you never know when that defeat does come, as we spoke about in part one, it's going to hurt. And sometimes good good sides, as, as did Sheffield Wednesday last season, they went on that incredible run, they lost a game, and suddenly they capitulated and dropped out of the automatics. It can change just like that. And Pompey have got to be careful of that too. Yeah, and I think on paper, I think our toughest game in the league is 
quite possibly our next league game. Um, looking forward right the way to the 11th of November at home to Charlton. Oh. We've not beaten them at home since 2005. Brilliant. Uh, played them seven or eight times since then. So, I, But then we hadn't beat Barnsley away since 2001 before this Well, season. clearly, you know, this team has just made a different gravy, hasn't it? Exactly. It's, um, we're, we're breaking records of our own. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, but Charlton, Oxford, Oxford look amazing this season. Bolton, as you've mentioned, has already... Um, there's a lot of big teams in this league again still, despite the teams that have gone up last year, like your Wednesdays and Ipswiches. Yeah. There's some really strong squads in there, not just teams, not, not just the first 11s, but you know the depth in even Blackpool. Mm. You look at their squad, they've got some fantastic players too. Um, there's There's some big challenges coming up in the next three or four games. Going through the goals then on Saturday in the 33rd minute, Pompey brought a goal back. It was Reading 2, Pompey 1 through Tino Andrin. Uh, uh, he volleyed in uh, after a, a really nice cross in from the right-hand side. Paddy Lane with the first of two assists for him at the weekend into Tino Andrin um, to score that one. His second to believe a season, the first in the league. A few moments later, a massive let-off let for Pompey. Sam Smith um, fed through perfectly from midfield cutting right through the middle of both Connor Shocknessy and Regan Paul. Took it round Will Norris, who came from outside of his area to try and close the forward down, but he managed to blaze the shot over from about 20 yards out with an open goal. Massive, massive let-off for Pompey, who, as we mentioned earlier, in the ninth minute of added time on Saturday, made it 2-2. Colby Bishop tapping home after some quite patient build-up from the Blues, or the Pinks on Saturday. Um, it was Morell into Bishop. He chested it down in midfield. Uh, Paddy Lane picked it up on the right-hand side. That was shortly after Devlin's failed effort um, had fell to the winger. He squared it back into Colby Bishop, um, who just tapped it home. David Button absolutely stranded. And, um, yeah, John Massinio will, will be talking shortly about why that, that one extra minute of added time was um, given on Saturday. Ruben Seles, the uh, Reading manager, the former Southampton boss of course, not too happy with that one. In fact, let's hear from him now. We'll get more from Dean and Barney to come shortly but now let's take a few moments to catch up with John Messina who spoke with Andy Moon after his side's 3-2 victory over Reading. John, you made life pretty difficult for yourself this afternoon. Yeah, yeah we did. Um, yeah, we made our well, life extremely difficult with, with the way that we started the game. Um, I thought it was as, as poor as we've been. It was just unrecognisable for half an hour and it, it took us sort of taking the um, taking the proverbial kick in the face to get ourselves going. And after that, I thought towards the back end of the first half, we were, we were excellent um, for half an hour in the second half. Uh, we looked like the only team that was in it. And I think, yeah, things just got slightly nervy towards the back end of the game. But that was more of a consequence of the fact that we didn't put the game away. We needed to put the game to, to bed. Um, it was always going to be difficult with the fact that they bring on substitutions, centre forwards and make things um, yeah, make things tough for us. But yeah, we have to be better in a, in a lot of periods, but there's a lot of positives to take from it. Are you a tennis fan? Not, not after today. Um, no, I, you know, I thought it was, it was bizarre, right? Yeah, um, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, I think needs to be, needs to be stopped. I, I don't think it's an impossible thing to deal with, and um, I, I don't think it was dealt with properly. So uh, that was frustrating. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't think we can use that as an excuse because Reading had exactly the same uh, issue to deal with, the stop-start nature of the, of the game. Um, and yeah, I, I think there were too many sloppy things that we did in the first half that cost us uh, those two goals. What were you thinking at two down? I was actually very 
positive about the fact I thought we could get back in the game. It didn't look like a game to me where we were too down because, um, and, and no, no disrespect to Reading, that they Reading had been brilliant and there were these problems that we just couldn't solve. It, it didn't feel like that, and that's why we, we, we kept with it. We didn't make any changes. It felt like we just hadn't woken up. Um, we weren't playing the way that I know we can play. We weren't playing the way that um, we thought we'd set the boys up to, to play um, through the week, and then all of a sudden uh, something switched, and um, you know we decided as a collective to, to start doing things properly, and, and you know the lads got the rewards off the back of that. In the ninth minute of stoppage time, when they're eight, were you just saying get the ball in the box, or were you happy with that that patient build up? Because I kept thinking the whistle was going to go on the, on the way to that second goal. Uh, no, well, so we knew that uh, we knew that it was going to be eight eight minutes was put up. We knew that it was going to be eight minutes thirty. We've been told by the fourth official, so both benches knew. I don't think they were particularly happy with that, but both benches knew, and it was scored before then. You probably see I'm a bit weird like that. I, I put my um, put the, the timer on, so uh, I'm, I'm happy with that that patient build up. I want us to stick to the stick to the game plan, um, and I know if we get the ball wide and, and we cross it and we deliver it in the box, we're, we're a good side. If we force balls into the middle of the pitch and they break on us, and Sam Smith nearly scores, then we're going to get punished. You know, we could have ended up at that point 3-1 down with, um, or even maybe down to 10 men. So, you know, we've got to be. Uh, a lot better we've got to stick to the plan and I think if we do we'll be absolutely fine what was the thinking behind the, the changes today I'll have to go through them all um, yeah first of all obviously Jack came in for Connor that was that was straightforward um, I think with um, with Joe and, and Zach like I said the other night it was it was one of those where I think we've just got four backs now that we can we can pick and choose in terms of what games they're going to play um, and it just seemed to me like it was a game suited for Joe and then the, the couple uh, further forwards I think we've had a, a tremendous output from from our forward players over the over the past few weeks in terms of um, how much they put into games um, Abu was a young lad started game after game after game after game so it was nice to, to bring him out and, and give him a rest uh, and we, we wanted with, with Sparksy on that left hand side for, for Tino to provide something different and it just felt like the right game for Terry. We wanted to stretch the stretch the game. I felt the other night against Cambridge, we didn't stretch the game well enough. We played in front of them too much, and um, you know Terry's been very very patient. He's he's bided his time. He's been excellent in the games that he's played. He found himself out of the squad on Tuesday night, and it's a, a recurring theme. I'm going to keep going on about it. You might find yourself out of the squad, but you are very very close. And today was another um, example of that. So he, he came in and, and did brilliantly well. Once he settled into the game, he was probably thinking, what on earth is going on at two 0 down? But um, credit to him, he, he stuck with it and. Extremely pleased with him for his uh, for his goal. What did the scan of Conor Ogilvy show? Uh, oh, I don't know actually. We will get the results today, so I need to catch up with Steve Hard. Um, we were expecting the results this morning, but um, Steve always makes sure he keeps all that away from me. Um, match days, so I'll, I'll go and catch up with him. Finally, you've talked about wanting to cut out yellow cards for talking back. Uh, what, what was your yellow card for? Uh, my problem was that um, Guinness Walker got booked for kicking the ball away, and he did exactly the same thing in the first half. Uh, my issue with that is that we've we've had suspensions and we're facing suspensions for our players picking up bookings for for small things, for silly little things. And I felt that the way the, the time was managed in the first half wasn't wasn't good enough. You know, I, I, I pointed out to the fourth official there was a time in the first half where the right back went to pick the ball up to take a throw in, and they decided that Harley Dean was going to take it instead. I just wanted the game speeded up. Um, not because of the not because of the fact that we were two one down at that point. I wanted the game speed up. It's just much better spectacle for everyone. So um, uh, yeah. So sorry to get back to the point. Nesta Guinness Walker uh, kicked the ball away in the first half. Nothing was done about it. Um, I'm not saying that we need to start booking everybody. But if my players are taking bookings, then um, I want the, the same thing the same thing done. So um, yeah, I think the, the fourth official took took exception to um, I think persistently asking for for things to be sped up and persistently asking that the rules should be applied or the law should be applied um yeah i don't think it was too bad to be honest i had a laugh with him after so all fine 
the post-match sports fair of John Messino speaking to Andy Moon after Saturday's 3-2 victory away at Reading then and uh, going on to the final goal of the game there uh, Barney we spoke on the radio in the first part of the show about Terry Devlin but on to his goal 58 minutes had gone so Pompey still had over half an hour to see that victory out and it wasn't an easy task by any stretch of the imagination but Terry Devlin gave Pompey the lead with a, a first-time effort rifled into the roof of an ex-Sparks, had the cross from the left-hand side, another del- excellent delivery mm. from him, by the way, um, into Bishop. He nodded it down to Devlin for his first uh, Pompey goal in the league. Um, what did you make of that? Not only the finish from Terry, but I, I personally I could see that going over, um, but also you know, the delivery from Sparks and, of course, the knockdown from Bishop. Yeah, everything about that bit of play was, was fantastic. Um, even the ball into Sparks, I believe, comes from Rafferty, uh, crossfield ball, mm. reminiscent of a kind of gigs to Beckham esque type <laughs> ball from the the nineties and noughties. It, it it was a fantastic move. Um, Sparks has this brilliant ability to cross the ball earlier than than his op- opposing right back predicts. Mm-hmm. That ball came in from really really deep. That it's probably you know taken their right back by surprise that he's got that in so early, but Colby's ready for it. He's waiting for it. His arms are in the air. He wants it, and then you see a couple of steps back from Devlin, brilliantly to give himself that little bit of space. Colby spots that, nods it down, and as you say, a composed volley into the middle of the goal that you know easily could get skyrocketed into into the away fans. Yeah, Pompey recovering from a two-goal deficit then to win three-two on Saturday afternoon away at Reading. Never back down, never what? Never give up. Never back down, never what? Never give up. It's ready. Let's go. Had to be done, Barney. Never back down. That's what this team are doing. They're not backing down. They're not giving up. They're fighting two for now until the very end. We saw it again on Saturday and we've gone through the stats about how many points have been recovered from losing positions. Where Pompey are on the table, six points clear of Oxford United who dropped points at the weekend. Barnsley uh, also dropping points, Bolton up to third. This team just doesn't fail to amaze you at the moment, does it? There's really, uh, it's really difficult to criticise their game at the moment. Yeah, the, the, about the only thing I can say that is a slight concern, yeah, we've got the second best goal difference in the league, which is, is great when you say it like that. However, we haven't lost a game yet. There's got to be losses to come. And we've only got a goal difference that's three better than Barnsley in fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, one three better than Oxford in second, and and one worse than Barnsley in fifth. Um, it, if we if we have a couple of losses, our goal yeah. difference then looks quite average. And uh, Mark on the text has just got in, in touch actually, saying quite simply, you do know we've got Charlton next in the league. And that says it all, really, doesn't well, it? Their, their annual victory at Fratton Park. Yep. Hopefully, Pompey can, of course, um, eradicate that um, really, really unwanted record. Um, Dave on the emails has got in touch. Jake, well, that was a typical Pompey roller coaster, wasn't it? Unusual for me, though. Even at 2 0 down, I was relaxed about the match and its outcome. We've definitely become a bit scrappy without Martin Pack in the middle, although it's difficult to fault the effort and quality of the less experienced players that have been playing and covering the injured ones. We just haven't quite had the same degree of control in matches. I don't think what we saw was our strongest 11 on Saturday but it does beg the question what is our strongest 11 now players like Terry Devlin and Jack Sparks are others but are really staking their claim this season player Pompey thank you very much to Dave for getting in touch on the emails there right in the final part of the show this evening we're going to be shifting our focus on to the Pompey women who were 1-0 victors over MK Dons yesterday afternoon we'll get the post-match assessment of their head coach who talks about squad depth and delivered a message to those he brought in to be 11 who stepped up to the plate 
plate. To those that did come in, the four of them, brilliant, superb for them um, to come in. And it shows the quality we have. We have 18, 19, 20 players that are capable of starting week in, week out for this football club. We'll hear from Jay Sadler following another win for the Portsmouth women, as well as Pompey's new Her Game 2 ambassador, Vicky Lamb. And the final words tonight from Dean and Barney when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion next. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening and welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. If you just joined us and you've missed any part of tonight's show, then fear not, because the podcast will be uploaded straight after the show concludes. Uh, right about 10 past quarter past seven this evening. You can download from the Apple app or Google Play Store, Samsung uh, on their podcasting app as well, on our website, expressfm.com forward slash podcast, on the all-new ExpressFM app and via Spotify. Spotify as well. So far, myself, Jake Smith, alongside Dean Adams and Andrew Barnard have gone through Pompey's 3-2 victory over Reading on Saturday, the men that is. But it's time now to move on and speak about the Portsmouth women who secured a 1-0 victory away at MK Dons in the FA Women's National League Cup on Sunday afternoon. Emma Jones on target in the 75th minute as the Blues put their name in the hat for the next round of the competition. And after the game, Max Swatton caught up with their gaffer, Jay Sadler. Joe, how did you find that one? It was a challenge. It was good. Um, good test. It was always going to be a game of minimal chances. Um, it's a small pitch. There weren't many spaces to penetrate into. And when you did get in and around the box, you had to create a moment to, to win the game. And we're thankful we did do that in the second half. I think first half, we lacked a little bit of connectivity when we did break into their half. But we had a lot of success through the building, um, building through the double pivot. But as soon as we got into the half, we lacked an extra body high up the pitch um, to really sustain possession, which is what we've been working on. Second half, I felt we got that. Um, and then it was just a matter of can we upgrade our chance and get a moment. And just before the goal, we've played a, a brilliant ball. G's played a brilliant ball into Beth, low driven, and no one was at the back post. And we knew if there was going to be a moment, it was going to come around their block. And uh, a great ball in by Nick and a, and a, and a good goal by Emma Jones. Like you said, a game of minimal chances. So what did you say at half-time and what did you change? We just needed to, to, to get connected more in the central areas. Um, so we were building with a four and two. I felt we did that. And then when we broke through their half, we needed one of our midfielders to play higher and play alongside G because G did an extremely good job today in the pivot. Um, sorry, in the, in the pocket. Um, but she was having to do a lot of work and she was having to support Emma Jones and Emily Pittman and Beth, whereas we wanted uh, another player to, to play in that pocket. So, like I said, we could sustain um, possession, but we could also disrupt their double pivot. And I think we did that extremely well in that second half and we were able to gain more territory. Their back line moved uh, further deeper and then we were able to, to gain chances and we, we had two real good moments. We didn't take the first one, but we were happy to take the second. You made four changes to the starting eleven. What was the reasoning there? It was a cup game and we, we wanted to, to give players opportunities and there have been players that have been chomping at the bit the past few weeks. 
Um, G coming in a, in a makeshift role in the central areas. Thought she was terrific today, picking up um, the ball in, in the half-space pockets, back foot. And when she does that, she's a creative player. Um, she's not going to dominate 1v1 and, and knock it past and run. So how can we utilise her qualities in the middle as a creator? And she's shown that today. Um, two defensive changes with Ella and Evie. Um, we've got quality all over the pitch, um, so we wanted to, to give them opportunities. And likewise with Emily Pittman, how she's, she's impressed off the bench, um, been really big impact player for us. Um, but what can she do when she starts? And we, we asked her to do a roll off the left, and then we moved her down the nine. Brings a lot of energy. Um, so, yeah, it was a, a good opportunity to get minutes, but not disrupt too much flow. We've had to utilise the whole squad, and the whole squad here have done a, done a great job to, to get a win. Back at home next Sunday against the same opponents. So what can you take from this one in, into that game? It's always difficult playing the same team twice because you don't want to look too far ahead when we do face them in the league. We knew we had to change something, so whether that was the system or whether that was personnel, and today we changed personnel up. But what I will say is to those that did come in, the four of them, brilliant, superb for them um, to come in. And it shows the quality we have. We have 18, 19, 20 players that are capable of starting week in, week out for this football club. But we can't. We only have to start 11, so we have to start the 11 right players. And from now till next week, there's going to be a lot of competition, a healthy competition to get into the team. Um, we're obviously happy that we're going to be back at home, uh, nearly clocking up a 1,000 miles in the last three weeks. But we've won three games of football, so we've got to be extremely proud. And I think, as well, we've got to take in our, our defensive resilience. There was a couple of moments in and around our box, felt we defended extremely well restricted them to chances from range and, and kind of low-graded chances. And we've got to take that into next week because we know next week's going to be another tight game, but the spaces will open up because the pitch at Haven is a, a lot bigger than this one. Jay Sadler speaking after the Pompey women's 1-0 victory away at MK Dons in the National League Cup on Sunday afternoon. They next take on MK Dons next Sunday, the 5th of November, back at Wesley Park and back in league action. Right, moving on now to her game two. Portsmouth Football Club has a new ambassador for it this Vicky Lamb. She's recently caught up with Robbie James from Pompey Live. And having been a Pompey fan since a young age, Robbie asked what made Vicky want to get involved with the club even more. So I've been a fan of her game too since it started about two years ago. Um, just being involved on Twitter and stuff, just seeing what they're about and, and just spreading the message regards to sort of eliminating sexism and making it a safe space for everyone and then also um, investing into the grassroots as well. And then as soon as I saw the opportunity came for a Portsmouth ambassador, I just thought it was a perfect opportunity to put myself forward, um, make the club as exclusive as it can um, and just get fully involved. So your experience generally has been, has been pretty positive of the, of the Pompey fans? Yeah, I would say I'm one of the fortunate ones that, that have had the experience. Um, unfortunately, I said when I did get involved with my partner, and she she wasn't a Portsmouth fan at all, but she wasn't even a football fan. And then when she got involved and, and started to get involved with it, she did receive some hate on sort of social media and things. So I have seen that side um, and sort of had a bit of the experience of it. So again, that more brought the message a bit more with her game too, just to see how, I mean, I have been fortunate enough and I have been lucky enough to have a positive experience, but I know others that haven't and I, I just want to make it exclusive for all so they have the same experience for me, especially the younger fans as they're coming through. I mean, we've had such a um, high profile with the lionesses and everything and there's so many younger girls coming through and getting onto the football bug and I just want to make sure that, nothing stops them from enjoying it right through until they're old like myself and, and how do you i imagine it's a big question but how do you how do you actually do that like what what is sort of tangibly your uh, kind of roles or responsibilities as, as being the ambassador so 
quite early on, he said, I've only literally just got the role, but I've already had a meeting with the club already and we've already bounced some ideas, what we're going to do um, across the Her Game 2 channels and also the Portsmouth channels and everything. We've got some events and things coming up. Um, we've got potentially a dedicated fixture coming up in the season. Um, so, I mean, there, there is a lot coming on between ourselves and the club. I think, I mean, it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not something that we can fix straight away. But the more message that we can get out and the more fans that can get on board with it, and I said, more so for the younger generations and the, and the newer fans that we're going to be getting. It's just, like I said, just showing what Portsmouth is about and showing what a good family club that we are. On a bit more of a general point, where do you think sort of things are in terms of gender equality in sport and in football? Um, it's been a bit of a strange couple of months with some horrible stuff going on in the news away from sport in terms of sexism. Um where do you where do you see things at the moment? Still on the upward trajectory, or or have things in the last few months stalled it? No, I, I think despite the bad press and despite the the bad experience that we have, I, I do think we're on an upwards. Um, like you say, um, I mean, it has been it has been difficult, and and, and the club hasn't been shining in such a positive light. But that's why I think again, it's more important. I know not a lot of the fans have the same views as others and, and it might be that we just need to go sort of down an educational route and just sort of why it's so important to include everyone and, and just show again how much of a family club we are and how much of a positive incident it can have by us being more equality and I said the, the more that we can do with Her Game 2 and the club I, I do feel that we, we will be going on places but again it's not going to be a quick fix but that's something that I'm willing to put the work in with the club and, and hopefully the club will be putting forward to, to do as well. Yeah, really great to hear there from Vicky Lamb, the new club ambassador for her game too. Right, there is no match for Portsmouth men in midweek this time around. They're next in action on Sunday afternoon in the FA Cup away at Chesterfield. Tomorrow evening, there are four games on in League One. Derby hosts Northampton, Lincoln at home to Oxford United. That's one to keep an eye on. Wigan are at home to Charlton Athletic and Wickham Wanderers take on Cambridge United. But for Pompey, like I say, it'll have to wait until Sunday lunchtime. 12.15 kickoff away at Chesterfield in the FA Cup first round. Join us here on Pompey Live. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. They didn't make it easy for themselves, but Portsmouth found a way to pick up three points away at Reading to extend the gap at the top of the table to six points. And Terry Devlin has his first Pompey goal. Next up, Portsmouth's men take on National League side Chesterfield Town in the first round of the FA Cup. Join us for all of the unmissable action Sunday morning from 11. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Sunday morning from 11. That is sickening. <laughs> for an away trip up to Chesterfield, we are on air from 11am um, away at Chesterfield in the FA Cup first round on Sunday afternoon. The Blues are next in action in League One a, uh, a week from Saturday um, at home to Charlton Athletic at Fratton Park. Right, a big thank you to everybody who tuned in to the show this evening. A big cheers once again to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another edition of the Football Hour this season. And of course, that game you just heard promo there away at Chesterfield in the FA Cup. I'll be joined alongside two more Blues fans this Friday night from 6 to preview that one away at Paul Cook's Chesterfield. A big thank you also to my two guests for this evening's show. First and foremost, Mr Dean Adams. Dean, thank you very much for calling in tonight, my friend. 
Cheers, Jake. Enjoyed it. And also Andrew Barnard in the studio this evening. Barney, fantastic to have you. Looking forward to Sunday? Yeah, I am. Yeah, another new ground to tick off. Yeah. Um, should be good. Yeah, should be a good 1800 or so. Pompey fans there. Should be a good one. Looking very much forward to that one. Barney, thank you very much for your contributions tonight. I'll be joined alongside, like I say, two more Blues fans on Friday night to preview that one. Right, coming up after the news at seven. The Soft Rock Show, remembering Adrian Collis. Jeff Dorsett presents this show, remembering the late, great Adrian Collis, who we sadly lost last weekend. Take care and have a great week, Pompey fans. Good night.